Hello, world, and welcome to the Philanise Nash Experience Podcast, a new audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third eye opening conversations on a variety of topics from the African American perspective. I am your host, Philanise Nash. Welcome. On this episode, we are talking about inspiring minority entrepreneurs. Specifically, we're talking with one powerhouse of a woman who encourages minority startups to get going. So my guest today is an entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, radio show host, and an advocate for Black and Latinx women entrepreneurs in the Nashville area. She is the founder of a tech startup called Nodat Inc., which is an app designed to help businesses compete for customer loyalty. She is also a co-founder of the Diversity and Inclusion Entrepreneur Program, Twindy, which is also for startups to encourage more diverse and inclusive entrepreneurial ecosystem. She was named one of Nashville Business Journal's 40 Under 40 Business Leaders to Watch and nominated for the Women Who Rock Nashville Awards. And in her spare time, she mentors and educates new and young entrepreneurs. Let's give a super warm Philanese Nash experience. Welcome to Erica Harbell. Thank you. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Let me just say that uh, the third eye opening conversation, man, thank you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'll give you a little background as to where that came from. My, at the time, 12-year-old daughter, now 13, added that into the intro. She's like, mom, you need to have these third eye opening. I'm like, well, what's the third eye? She's like, you know, when your inner eye opens up and you can now see things for what they really are. So thank you, Shelby. Wow. And you know, I'm not even surprised that it was your daughter that said to add that because I just believe that our generation, like my children and your children, are going to be the ones who are going to automatically be able to connect more with that and be able to see more. And and it's just going to be a normal thing. It is. They're going to have those deeper level conversations. Well, we're still not there. So, yeah, but thank you for agreeing to come on the show. I'm really happy that you're here. So let's start the interview. What I've been doing since April is asking my guests about the pandemic, specifically with COVID, how that has had an effect positively or negatively on family, on business. So just tell us a little bit about how you guys are doing during COVID. So for our family, it's, man, it's just business as usual. I was just thinking just yesterday, like I forgot a little bit about COVID because like we just come and go. And I think the only thing that's changed in our life is the fact that we it's mandated to wear a mask. You know, like we were already washing our hands, you know, we were already sanitizing and uh, and then not uh, being able to see our, our family and um, be able to interact with people the way we are. Like we're a really empathetic family. And so we, we love to be around people. And so I think those are the two biggest things that bother us about COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will say that my team, we've been able to figure out that we want to be virtual, that there is no need to, to have to travel and go into office. Yeah. We figured out, you know, processes of communication that worked for us. And I, mean, I, I, I really can't say anything negative about COVID other than I haven't lost anyone really, really close. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks for sharing that. So let's jump into the meat and potatoes. I want my listeners to know who Erica Harvell is. Tell us a little bit about your origin story and how you came to be a startup in IT as a female entrepreneur. I was working for AT&T at the time, Um, had been there for uh, nine years when I first started. 
And it came on accident. Honestly, I never even thought about being an entrepreneur. Even though when I was married to my husband, he had a, a barbershop and a tire shop and I would help him with that. But in my eyes, he was the entrepreneur, you know, not me. And I never had any desire whatsoever. And um, in September of 2016, my son came to me. He was like, Mama, did you know there was a new water park in Murfreesboro? And you know, our kids are like, he was really distraught because his friends were on Snapchat teasing him about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked him, I was like, no, I hadn't heard about it. How did you hear about it? And he was like, man, they on Snapchat posting videos and photos, making fun of me. And the, today's the last day of summer and they've been to close down and we can't even go. And I was like, it's, what? And so I started asking my family and friends and a lot of them didn't even know that this water park was there. But the ones that said yes, I was like, for real? Like, you knew this water park was here? You didn't tell nobody on Facebook? <laughs> like, that's why I was trying to figure like, why didn't you post pictures? Or, or, you know, so people would know that this new experience was here. So I, I started thinking to myself, like, man, only if somebody created an app that said, hey, did you know that uh, there's a new water park in Murfreesboro? and rewarded people for doing that so that they would be more encouraged or motivated to help small businesses and, you know, spread the word. So I started thinking to myself, I was like, man, why, why don't I do it? And so my son with his little smart mouth, he was like, cause you can't code. And he was right. I had no idea how to code. The mouths of babes, right? Yeah. I definitely tried though. I, um, I downloaded Xcode and I tried for a week. Well, at least you tried. At least you gave it the college try. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not easy. I uh, ended up going on guru.com and searching for developers. And um, over the course of a month, I connected with developers in India. We talked for about a month before I decided to do it. And I think it was what more so made me say, you know what, I can do this when they understood what I was trying to do. It was more like, man, like that's validation. They get it. That this makes sense. And so I, it just went from there. So have you always been a champion of folk who wanted to become entrepreneurs? Or was that something, especially with black and brown women and entrepreneurship, was that what spawned your title to become a champion and an advocate for entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs? So if you remember, like in the story, I was like, why don't I do it? I mean, uh, somebody else needs to make it. Then I was like, okay, well, why don't I do it? That decision came from me, you know, realizing that I didn't really see blacks building products like this. And so I wanted to kind of open that idea into the community so that blacks would, would know that this type of business or this type of uh, accomplishment is available to them. What's so crazy is that I knew that going into this, it was going to be a difficult road because it wasn't the norm. And so as I got into it further, I learned that women or blacks were not getting uh, venture capital. You know, they make it look easy. Like, you you know, you come up with an idea and you raise millions of dollars and then you're rich. Right. Yeah. And even with being the status quo, it's hard as heck still to build a business like this, even with being the status quo, with being able to go into a restaurant and uh, write on the back of a napkin your idea and walk out with $3 million seed money is hard. It's even harder for a black person, a black woman to pitch an idea of this magnitude because you have to break down 
the stereotypes and the biases and the beliefs that they have about our community. And so when they look at you and you're you're there and you're saying that you're going to build a, a multi-billion dollar app that's going to save small businesses, they look at you and they say, no, you're not. <laughs> you're, you, you don't look like somebody that could do that. I found out too that that was going to be something that I was going to have to battle as well. So that being in that is what made me say, you know what, we need to, especially in Nashville, we need to have programs that speak to this specific problem and that target this specific industry of people. So is that how the Twindy program was born? Kip Koske Magoo, and I absolutely love saying his name. <laughs> Say that one more time. Kip Koske Magoo. <laughs> he is Kiswahilian. Okay. At the time, Shani Dow and I were in the in-flight program at the EC. Yeah. And um, Kip and Shani and Bren actually came up with Twin Day together. And they were looking for a fourth founder. And so they had put out uh, applications for people to submit to be the fourth founder. And I was selected. And so... It was originally to be like a one day, I mean, like a two day event. It was going to be a one day thing. And as we all were talking about, you know, the challenges that we were facing as black entrepreneurs trying to raise money, the story started to develop as we were planning the event. And so then we started to do like one minute snippet videos of other black founders telling their stories about how, you know, they were making it work, even though they didn't have the, the venture funding. And so we had over 150 people show up to the event. We were not expecting that. Yeah, that's a nice size. Yeah. And so it just went from there. And while we were at the event, we had uh, VCs telling us, you need to turn this into a fund. You need to turn this into an accelerator. And so we was like, okay, we're going to meet after the event and we're just going to go. <laughs> you had that momentum going at that moment, right? So did you find that that group of you or similarly situated people, did that help improve the access to capital that you found to be a barrier to entry? It helped us connect and learn how to connect with the right people. Mm. Shawnee is in a good place in Nashville because they venture out into ed tech. They're mostly healthcare tech and music tech. And they're dabbling. They're, they're sticking their toe, their big toe into ed tech. When you talk about companies like FinTech, which was Kip Koske, and then Marketing Tech, which is me, there really wasn't any talent in Nashville at the time that knew how to build these type of platforms. It's like when you have a FinTech platform in a Marketing Tech platform, you're usually dealing with a two-sided marketplace. Mm-hmm. So you have to have somebody who knows how to get rid of the chicken and egg situation. Right. And that's what I kept running into. Okay. Yeah. Now, did you start with a stateside development team or did you originally start with your your team over in India? I originally started with my team in India. Uh, I would say one of the most foolish, well, I wouldn't call it foolish because I enjoyed myself, but one of the most foolish things I did <laughs> <laughs> was spent almost $4,000 and went over there for a week and launched the app from India. So I worked with them for a week and launched the Android app while we were there and then launched the Apple app on the plane on the way home. And that was accomplished in a week's time? 
Well, we had worked on the app for six months. Okay. The week of launch uh, to complete everything and to get ready for phase two, we traveled over there and worked with them for a week. So can you tell my listeners about your app, about NoDap and what it is and how is it connecting businesses to their customers and maintaining those customers? So uh, NoDap is the community marketing platform for small local businesses. And we help them drive new end repeat customers through gamification and incentives marketing. So basically, a business would create hot offers, uh, which are disappearing coupons. And they would use those hot offers to drive urgency and sales uh, better than traditional coupons. You know, like with, with traditional print coupons, consumers can look at the coupon and say, oh, you know, I'll put this up for a rainy day. But when it's a hot offer, they're only active in the app on certain days and between certain times. And so there is a timer that counts down on that offer. And once that timer goes out, the offer destructs and it's no longer available. So it moves that decision-making process along in the customer buying process. Um, They're able to also turn their customers into brand evangelists with our fungible loyalty program. So what we do is every action that a customer performs on our platform, the customer earns points. And so like if you check in, you earn points. If you write a review, you earn points. If you make a video and share it to social media, you earn points. So what you're already doing on social media to help your friends' businesses grow or the businesses that you just absolutely love grow, you're now going to be compensated for that but just being who you are. And the the goal of that is to incentivize you to do it more often so that when you have just that okay customer service, you still think to stop and say, hey, did you know that Fancy's restaurant is over here so that other people can find them? And then those points that you earn are redeemable with any local business on our platform. That's good to know. I was going to ask you, is it just redeemable for that particular participating business? But you said it can be redeemed at any of your participating companies. Yeah. And so we're basically creating a common currency. I don't like using the word currency because people start thinking about fiat money and all that. And that's not what it is. It's more so to help local communities as well increase revenue. So when the small businesses are a part of this platform, it encourages the locals to say, you know what, I'm going to shop with this small business because I can earn something for me. There's value in it for me because I can take these points that I earn by helping market them and get a discount on getting my nails done or, or get a discount on a back rub or a tire change or something, right? Yeah. And so it keeps them shopping in the local area. And when more people can think about, well, if I shop at Amazon, I'm not going to get this benefit. So let me shop here. When that money is, uh, when small businesses do great, the local economy does great. And when the local economy does great, the schools do great. There's less unemployment. There's less homelessness. That's the long-term goal. And it'll take a couple of years to get there, but um, that's our vision. And that's what we're, we're working on. I love the concept. And so when did you launch your apps? So uh, we originally launched in 2017 and we, we launched with our alpha, which is uh, basically what entrepreneurs call the first version. That was the one you're embarrassed. Of. <laughs> <laughs> That's your minimal viable product. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, we launched with the idea of video reviews and we got most of our traction from that. So like 
the users were excited about being able to do video reviews and the businesses were, were like, okay, that's a pretty cool thing to do, but we don't see how that's different from Yelp. We don't see how that's different from written reviews. And um, so we ended up, we had like 1,500 businesses on the, on the platform and like 25,000 users. And so we ended up having a lot of conversations. I spent probably six or seven months doing customer interviews and interviewing businesses and doing market research, trying to figure out, okay, how do I turn this into a viable product and a viable business and not just a cool idea? Right. And so uh, listening to the businesses, we were hearing, we don't know how to keep our customers. We have so many platforms to help us attract customers, but we have no idea how to keep them. They're deal hopping. Groupon has turned our customers into to deal hopping customers is what we, we kept hearing. And then we kept hearing, we don't want another Yelp. <laughs> we don't want another Yelp. And then the consumers were telling us that they want an instant gratification. Like they were used to that and like they were getting used to that. And so we just basically put all that feedback together and came up with what we are getting ready to launch here on September the 11th. Yeah. By the way, if you are a small business and you want to participate in the beta, go to the website right now. We are allowing 20 businesses to sign up for the beta for free for a year. So go to the website and sign up. But yeah, that's what we're working on. Awesome. That was going to be my next question. When when could we expect your beta. So September 11th. And are there any size businesses? Like what's the criteria that you're looking for, for your participating companies? We don't want any businesses on the platform with more than $3 million in annual revenue. Okay. So this is small business startup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're focused on that. Okay. Because they are the heart and they've been ignored for so long, even to the point to where on, on our surveys, they literally use the words they feel ignored. Wow. And so that's because a lot of these marketing platforms are created for enterprise companies. And, you know, they don't have a small business in mind, even though they say small business, they're, they're thinking about the 3 million and above small right. business and the ones that go up to 500 employees. Right. Nothing's made for a hundred and down. Right. So that's our audience. But right now, who we're looking for are uh, businesses with 300000 or less in, in ARR okay. and um, one to 10 employees. Awesome. Well, listeners, if you are in that demographic, small startup, and you meet those parameters, I encourage you to go on the website. And what's the website? www.notatplace.com. So no, that is N-O-D-A-T. Yes. So the first time I looked it up, I'm, I'm putting the K on there. I'm like, this is not, I'm not finding it. <laughs> yeah. I get so many people like, where you come up with that? <laughs> yeah. So where did the name come from? Did you know that? And I just wanted it to be like, the goal is to turn the word into a verb. So like we have it trademarked, patent pending and, and all of that. So the goal is to, you know, how if you say, hey, do a Google search. now. Uh, businesses can ask for a know that like before you leave, make sure you know that, which means before you leave, make sure you write a review, make sure you share on social media, make sure you tell a friend. So it becomes an action word. And that's why we did it that way. Clever, very clever. I love that. So we're getting close to the end of our show. I want to give you an opportunity now if you have any calls to action or just want to drop all your social media handles so people can follow you and also tell them about your radio show too. Sure. So my biggest call to action is the small businesses here in Nashville. If you are definitely, if you are feeling the crunch of COVID and you're looking for a way to 
get customers into your business at specific hours on specific days, um, go online to knowthatplace.com and sign up for our beta. Uh, like I said, we are allowing 20 businesses to go through the beta for free and that's one year of the services. So that means that you will get access to every feature that we launch first, which will also give you the advantage uh, over your competition. So go ahead and sign up for that. My social media is on LinkedIn mostly, uh, professionally on LinkedIn and Twitter. I have abandoned Instagram. Uh, <laughs> but it's Erica Harvell at both. And then LinkedIn is Know That Inc. Um, on Twitter, it's Know That Place. And then our website is www.knowthatplace.com. If you are interested in having me come and speak or teach any entrepreneurial classes for uh, Black and Latinx women, you can go to my website at www.ericaharvell.com. And I have the weird spelling name. It's air, A-I-R-E-K-A, harvell.com. And then our radio show, Tales from the Grind, that's on Hippie Radio 99.5, also on Apple and uh, Google. Man. You are everywhere. I want to thank you for coming on to the show and enlightening us about your experience in IT and being an IT startup and what you're doing for the promotion of Black and Latinx women in IT. So thank you very much for taking that torch and running with it. And all of Erica's social media handles and websites and everything that she's mentioned will be in the show notes. So again, Erica, thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Go to my website, philanesnashexperience.com. You'll catch all the show notes there, all the information. Also, if you're checking this out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, please subscribe, rate, give us just a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Check out the video portion of this interview, which is going to be launched on the same day that the podcast drops on our YouTube channel, the Philanese Nash Experience Podcast channel. And then follow me on social media. It's Philanese Nash on IG, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I just want to encourage everyone and remind everyone when we need you to vote this November get out to the polls make sure you are registered and in the meantime so that you can get there mask up socially distance wash your hands stay safe stay well everyone take care peace peace